Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Living Well series, where Dr. Jones teaches about the spiritual disciplines that build spiritual maturity, which ultimately leads to Christ-like living. Now let's join them for today's message. It was a couple that had gone to receive Christian counseling and they had a lot of tension going on in the relationship and um, the husband was blaming the wife for certain things. The wife was blaming the husband for certain things. So they came and made a smart decision. Let's go get some counseling, someone that can help us out to help us walk through what's going on so that we may come on the other side even stronger. So as the counselor sat with them and, and listened to them, uh, they heard you know, the wife would say things and then the husband would say things and it was, well, you always do this and you never do this and every time you do this and every time you say that and always, always this and that, this and that. And as the counselor helped them work through some of those issues, the counselor took them to a part near the end of their session and said, now you listed a lot of the things that you were uh, didn't like, you listed a lot of things that... Do, it was disgruntled. You, you listed a lot of things that were irritating or that was calling, f- causing friction in a relationship. Well, can you, let's listen, go through some things that you love about. Let's, let's, let's go down memory lane. And what were some of the things that you fell in love with? What were some of the things that just meant a lot to you? What were some of the things that just, just had a huge impact on you that just stirred up your heart for your husband or your wife? And they started going down this list, and they found that the list of the things that they were upset about was so much smaller. It was so minute compared to the list of all the things that they loved and enjoyed and appreciated about one another. And it changed the whole mood of the session, but it also changed their whole perspective on what they thought was a big problem in their eyes to becoming a small problem in light of the whole of the relationship. It was interesting when you start to go down memory lane in bad times. The nation of Israel um, had a propensity of amnesia a propensity towards amnesia when they got in tough times, when they felt like they were out on their own, when they felt like they were uncomfortable, and they start to think that things were so bad, they would get so discouraged, and they would just turn their backs, sometimes completely on the Lord, and forget all that God had already done. And one of the things that God gave them to remind them of who he is and what he has done for them repeatedly was something called memorial stones. And the memorial stones were given for the purpose to remind them of who God is and who they are in relationship to God. Today's title is We Need to Be Reminded because most times, a lot of times when things get bad in life and we think that woe is me and I'm the only one going through this and things are so bad and, 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 and is God even listening to my prayers, we forget who God is. It's easy for us to forget what God has done. And what he's done before, he can and will do again. Now, I'm going to walk through some of what these memorial stones were and what they meant, but I want you to remember they were always to invoke trust in the Lord. They were to invoke trust and commitment to the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
And one of the one of the first kind of memorial stones they had was uh, the memorial stones of belonging to God. You see this in Exodus 28, 12, and in Exodus 39, 7. There were these memorial stones placed on uh, Aaron's ephod, and they had the names of the 12 tribes on them. So when, when it came from worship, because he was the high priest at the time, Aaron was, and he had the names of the people of God, the 12 tribes on him as mediator, as priest to God. He was the in-between with the people to God. So he represented the people to God and represented God to the people, and their names were on him. It was a sign that they belong to God. This stone of belonging in Exodus 24 is that Moses wrote everything down, Lord, he said, and he got up next morning. He built an altar on the foot of the, on the mountain. He set up 12 pillars representing the 12 tribes at the end of the mountain. Even when he got the tablets, when he got the Ten Commandments, he set up memorial stones to remind them, we belong to the Lord. So whenever it was seen, you reminded who you are. Meaning when the nation of Israel, when they saw the stones on the ephod, when they saw the stones set up at the foot of the mountain, it was a reminder of who I am, who you belong to. Who are you? These stones were huge in understanding their identity. And in Joshua 4, he did the same thing. He set up stones as a reminder to say, hey, this is who we are. Don't forget, when we go into the land, uh, God set us free from the nation of Egypt. And we're going into the land, and things are going to be great. We got wells we didn't dig. We're going to have houses we didn't build. God gave us all these things. Let's not start thinking we're greater than what we actually are. Let's not think too highly of ourselves. Let's be reminded of who we belong to. But there's, a, there's another kind of stone. These stones were memorial stones to who God is and his miracles, his covenant faithfulness. Now, the reason this is important is this. When it comes to who he is and his covenant faithfulness, in Joshua 4, that's why I want you to look at this one right here, in Joshua 4, Joshua 4, verse 7, he says, You should tell them the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant when it crossed the Jordan, and the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. They are coming out of the wilderness time. They've been wandering for 40 years. They're coming, into the, they're coming in and they're crossing the Jordan. And they're going in to take the land that God had promised them. God said, I've given this to you. When we went through Genesis, we looked at God promised this land to Abraham. It goes all the way back. So this is God always intended to send them back. All right. So they're going to take the land. And the text says in Joshua that the priests went in holding the Ark of the Covenant. And when the priests went into the water, just like God did the miracle at the Red Sea, when they came out of Egypt, God stopped the waters. He parted the waters. And they were on dry land, and the priest stood there in the middle of the Jordan while the waters stopped. And the whole nation crossed. They crossed through on dry land. And then when it got done, he ordered a stone for every tribe to be placed right where the priest was standing. So they built this, this tower, so to speak. They built this tower and they put these stones there and then the priest came out on dry land and then the water started to flow again. And he tells them when people ask what these stones 
or about. You tell them that was the miracle that God provided, just like he did in Egypt, to fulfill his promises of what he would do for his people for the generations to come. Some of these memorial stones were to serve as a highlight of great miracles that God performed so that you would be reminded, but not just you, the generations later. So when your kids come and your kids' kids come and their kids' kids come and they say, what, what are those stones for? Let me, t- let me tell you something about what the Lord did. Those stones in Joshua in chapter 4, what we just read, were about a miracle at the Jordan and it mimicked what God had done in Egypt. Now, reason this is important, remember in Egypt, you had one generation came out of Egypt. They didn't trust the Lord. So the Lord said, since y'all don't trust me, you will not go into the land. Your children will. So he allowed them to wander in the wilderness 40 years and then they died off and their kids are now grown and they go in. Because remember, they were kids. Some of them may not even been born. They didn't know what the Lord did at the Red Sea. But what they do know is that what God did for them was what he did for my parents. So now I can tell my kids, and their kids can tell their kids, and their kids can tell their kids. Why? So they can know that God is faithful. And not only is God faithful, God is a miracle worker. So when something is going on in your life where you seem like things are all against you, from being a child of God, you know that God is a deliverer. And God is faithful to every single promise that he gives. And if you doubt it, I got some stones for you to look at. And it's a reminder. Never forget what God has done and who God is. What he's capable of and what he's promised he'll continue to do. So you got stones for belonging. We belong to God. It's a reminder of who you are. You got stones to testify to his faithfulness, his covenant faithfulness, and his miraculous power. But then there's there's another stone that's really important. Go over to Joshua 22, and I'm going to read a few verses from 21 to 34, and I'm going to paint this picture of what's going on. At this point, the, the nation, they've taken the land. They've taken the land of Canaan. And before that, though, in Numbers, uh, you'll read a passage where uh, Reuben and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they found a stretch of land on the other side of the Jordan. They said, hey, we're not going to go across. We're just going gonna to take this land. Allow us to take this land. And so Joshua allowed them to take this land, but it was under the agreement that they would still go with their brothers. They would still go with the full, all, all 12 tribes would go, and they would go be obedient to what God had called them to do was go take the land of Canaan. So they went, and now they've come back. They've conquered all the land, and now they're going back home, but a problem arises. So you got two and a half tribes. You got the Reubenites, the Gadites, and a half tribe of Manasseh, and they're going back home to the land on the other side of the Jordan. And word gets out to the other nine and a half tribes that The brothers have built an altar to the Lord at the border at the Jordan. And so they find word out. Now, the reason this is problematic was because the only authorized sacrifices and offerings would be by the Levites. And at this time, it was in Shiloh. That's the only altar that's going to stand right now. That's the only that's where the tabernacle is. You can't do anything else is illegitimate. And I'm going to use our terminology. It's, It's illegal. Like you can't do that. Number two. Uh, because of the location problem, but also they don't have Levites up there, so it's like false worship. So now there's a concern, is this idolatry? Are they separating from 
you know, true worship of the one true God or they doing their own thing. So the nine and a half tribes make themselves ready to go to war against the other two and a half. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, with your donation, you can request your copy of Youth Matter, Kingdom Development, Kingdom Impact. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how youth should understand this time in their life's development, as well as impacting the world around them to the glory of God. Go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. Like they were so committed to honoring God and being true to worship to God. They was like, it's a fight. They cannot, they cannot be unfaithful to who God is. And they about to go fight. But before they go fight, they send the high priest son, Phineas, he goes up. And he goes to get a report. And he basically he walks up. He's like, man, can y'all, what's, what's going on with this? Y'all built this big old altar. What's, what's going on? Because it's, it's about to be a fight. It's about to be a war. And this is what they say. Verse 21. He says, The Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the Israelite clans, The mighty one, God, the Lord, he knows. And may Israel also know. Do not spare us today. If it was in rebellion or treachery against the Lord that we have built for ourselves an altar to turn away from him. May the Lord himself hold us accountable if we intended to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings on it or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it. We actually did this from a specific concern that in the future your descendants might say to our descendants, what relationship do you have with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between us and you descendants of Reuben and Gad. You have no share in the Lord. So your descendants may cause our descendants to stop fearing the Lord. Therefore, we said, let us take action and build an altar for ourselves, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifice. Instead, it is to be a witness between us and you and between the generations after us so that we may carry out the worship of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings, sacrifices and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to our descendants, you have no share in the Lord. We thought that if they said this to, our, to us, or to our generations in the future, we should reply, look at the replica of the Lord's altar that our fathers made, not for burnt offerings or sacrifice, but as a witness between us and you. We would, uh, verse 29, we would never, ever rebel against the Lord or turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offering or sacrifice, other than the altar of the Lord our God, which is in the front of his tabernacle. When the priest Phineas and the community leaders, the heads of Israel's clans who were with him, heard what the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had, had to say, they were pleased. Phineas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against him. As a result, you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's power. Then the priest Phineas' son of Eleazar and the leaders returned from the Reubenites and the Gadites in the land of Gilead to the land of Gilead to the Israelites in the land of Canaan and brought back the report to them. The Israelites were pleased with the report and they blessed God. They spoke no more about going to war against them to ravage the land where the Reubenites and Gadites live. So the Reubenites and Gadites named the altar. It is a witness between us that the Lord is God. 
Now, this last stone is put up as a witness to faithfulness to God. These memorial stones are kept to show, to be a witness, to say this is what we, how we have responded to God's faithfulness. Now, I want you, don't miss what happened, what we just read in this passage, because they're ready to go to war thinking that they have been unfaithful. Now, when you go up in the passage, the reason they're ready to go to war is because they remembered when someone in the camp was unfaithful back when Achan stole what was to be given only to the Lord. It was about to destroy everything. There was a ban on everything. They weren't to take anything for themselves, and Achan hid a few items for himself. And so when they went to the next war, when they went to go fight in Ai, they lost hundreds of men fighting in the war, and they were distraught because God had promised that no one would be able to stand against them. How did they lose this battle? And God said, there's someone sinful among you. There's someone that's going against my word among you. You must find them out, and you must purge it from among you. Because of one man's sin, hundreds died, and they had to deal with it. So when they thought that this was happening again, they was like, oh, 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 oh. we ain't going through that again. We're going to be faithful to the Lord. They, had, they weren't compromising on God's word. They were not compromising on it. And they said, we're going to be faithful to God, and we're not going to allow one of our brothers to be unfaithful to God. So they were responding in kind. They get excited when they find out they weren't being unfaithful. They were actually setting things up to be a witness of their faithfulness and commitment to God so that the generations to come. It's a reminder, not only to y'all, but even their descendants, that all of them are reminded what God has done, who they belong to, and their commitment and faithfulness to God's promises. These stones were set up as a witness to faithfulness to God. Now, what's the trip is, a couple chapters later, Joshua sets up other stones as a reminder of what will happen against you. Joshua 24 26 and 27, you can look at that later. 24, 26, and 27. He sets up other stones as a reminder of what will happen when you are disobedient to God's commands. So it goes back to a witness. Are you going to be faithful to God or not? How you doing? Like a performance evaluation. How you doing when it comes to the, the mission, the goals, the objectives set to reach it? Now, I say all this when we talk about spiritual disciplines. God gave them these different stones to be reminders. A spiritual discipline that we can engage in on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, is that we set up reminders that when God answers our prayer, when God has moved faithfully in our lives, when God has, has responded and done something major, when we have experienced victory, and we've seen God hold us up and we stay committed to God. This spiritual discipline is something that we call journaling. Now, we can journal in different ways. You can write these down. You can take pictures. You can make t-shirts. You can make wristbands. You can make videos. But you engage in different ways so that you can set up reminders for yourself. So when those times come where you may feel like God has forgotten about you, you're able to pull back and look at something you wrote down three years ago and you saw how God answered your prayer specifically. Why? So it can spark trust and faith and confidence in the situation right now where you're experiencing loneliness. You know, you take a picture and you see how God delivered you from something. You see, you know, some people, when they, when they go through AA, they get coins and stuff and they serve as reminders to let them know, like, how long they've been sober. 
You can set up certain things, you know, now what you don't do, we don't set up idols. You know, we don't build a false God. Remember, they were subject, Israel was subject to amnesia. When they felt like God forgot about them and Moses was on that mountain too long, what they do? Man, we need a God. Aaron, make us a God. Take all your earrings out. Take all your gold wrist chains. Give me all your Mr. T jewelry. Let's, uh, we're going to make a God. And they make this big old calf and they start worshiping. They were like, look at the God that brought us out of Egypt. And Moses came down and was like, what have y'all, what are y'all doing? We are not alone in those moments like when we feel like God doesn't care about us. And God has left us out to dry. Just go back in the scripture. Right? They walk through the Red Sea on dry land. They see the waters close over the strongest army in the world, the Egyptian army. Pharaoh has his whole army wiped out just like that. They praise God. They sing in songs of praise. A couple days later, they get to where they thirsty, and they're like, God don't care about us. God brought us out. We should just stay in Egypt. We're going to die out here in the wilderness. God don't care about us. And then they come up on the waters of, of Mara, where they were bitter, and they saw they another miracle. It was bitter. God had Moses throw a stick in there. All of a sudden, it was, it was, it was, it was sweet. They were prone to forget. We, too, we're prone to forget. You look in the Gospels, the disciples walk with Jesus. They were prone to forget. They were with Jesus, and they saw Jesus multiply the five loaves and the two fish and feed thousands. And they had buckets, baskets left that they, they scraped up, baskets full of leftovers from five loaves and two fish. And then when Jesus gets on the boat right after it and start talking about, you know, the leaven that spoils the whole dough, a little leaven, and they start talking about, y'all got some food, we ain't got no bread, we ain't got no bread. And they said, like, didn't y'all just learn bread ain't a problem for him? How did did y'all just forget what, what Jesus just did? And you know, it's actually a good thing just for us to look at, because there's times we, we just like them. We're just like the nation of Israel. We're just like those disciples where we forget what God has done. This is a discipline we can engage in. And I said, well, you know, from writing things down, from taking pictures, doing videos, you know, all these things can help us to be reminders. But don't just start building habits of taking down and putting things in place so that you remember. When those times come when you feel like, man, I'm all out here and I've been doing this for the Lord and I'm about to just go on and take matters into my own hands and I'm going to take care of business. It's in those moments that you can go back to and you can see like, man, I saw God move. You know, you go back and look at an old photo album growing up and just seeing you and family and friends and, and all these things and all these memories come back. You know, it, it changes the mood. It changes your perspective on things. It makes you see life in a different light. See, when we create these memorial stones when it comes to what God has done, it's not necessarily the situation has changed. What's changed is your perspective and you understanding who is actually in charge. It changes for your understanding to know who is actually in control, who holds power, all the power in his hands and dictates whatever needs to happen. So that now your faith and trust will be in the Lord and not in your own strength and not in your boss strength and not in your spouse or some family member strength. And it's not about them running the show. It's about God on the throne. So if God is allowing it, he's working in it because he's producing and making you into something. But he hadn't forgotten about you. He's not left you. And he wants you to be reminded of who he is, of who you are, 
and what he is not only capable of doing in your life, but what he has promised so that we may walk and live in expectancy. That we may walk and live in joy, knowing God's got me in the palm of his hand and no one can snatch me out. We need to be reminded. And we need to be reminded time and time again. So when it comes to this spiritual discipline, start today. Start coming up with ideas. And we got all kind of ways now. You can't sit like, man, I don't feel like writing nothing down. You know, you know what you got now? You can pull out your phone and say, hey, Siri, or hey, Google, and do an audio. And start today. Start thinking about ways. Start, God moved in something, take a picture. You're supposed to die in that car wreck. Go back over there, take a picture where that car wreck happened. Stand there, point to the sky, point to him, say, I'm still here. So when you feel like God, I forgot about you, like, well, you're supposed to have been dead. But you know what? God spared your life. Look back at them pictures when you were in the hospital, when you were sick, and you thought you was going to die. And all of a sudden, you dancing on video. Pull it out when you're feeling sick again. And say, man, God's still on the throne. He hadn't forgot about you. And this will build your faith. It will build your trust so that you may walk faithfully with the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the current series, Living Well, where Dr. Jones teaches about the spiritual disciplines that build spiritual maturity, which ultimately leads to Christ-like living. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to donate to Point Ministries today and request your copy of Dr. Jones's book, Youth Matter, Kingdom Development, Kingdom Impact please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.